Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's all working. Hi, everybody. Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and hit that bell icon so you don't miss any content we have coming up. Obviously, we have videos going up daily. But say, you know, we beat a team 4-0. I might put two videos on, for example. It doesn't happen very often, granted, but you never know. So make sure you hit that bell so you don't miss any of any stories. Everyone we interview, every guest, every memory, every player, um, they're all personal stories. I won't miss any of the content we have coming up. Lots of great guests, including today's guest. You'll know him, co-chair of Pride of Irons. It's Jim Dolan. Hi, Jim. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks. How you doing? Yeah, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Um, how is sort of lockdown treating you? How's it been not having football for so long? And it's never the plethora of games we have now. I've got to be honest, I'm one of the, the few people who um, who's really enjoying lockdown, if I'm honest. Yeah, uh, I've... I, you know, I commute into Canary Wharf usually every day. Um, so I'm saving about two and a half hours a day total on travel. Yeah. I'm not having to, you know, wear suits and dress up all the time. <laughs> um, it's only us two here in the house. We've got a back garden. So I've realised we're in a, in a privileged position. Yeah. But I've actually really enjoyed it. I'd like, um, once this is over, to do a little bit less of the commuting. As for football, um, I've got to be honest, I have actually enjoyed the little break. Yeah. Not having to be stressed about West Ham for a little while. It's been nice. I mean, to be honest, since the weekend, you know, that 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 it's hard not to be cheerful about that. But then Villa and Bournemouth had to go and spoil it, didn't they? Just prolonging the agony, isn't it, for West Ham? You know, we, we never, you know, we always like a bit of drama, don't we? So, you know, if we, you know, we, as I said, said to you before we recorded, when we used to moan about finishing 10th, you know, it's like, what can I do with that now? To I honestly remember, I remember the frustration of the, the Kerbishly years and how angry, because like, you know, football fans can get angry about yeah. the stupidest thing. And I was furious, <laughs> but please take me back there. I could do with that this season. Yeah, no, I know. I know what you mean about lockdown. It's been, um, it's been nice. It's like the door shuts, kind of. It's been nice having that sort of, when it comes to the weekend, 
I'm a bit lazy to be honest. And like you, you know, you know, like when it's a weekend, you know, my wife, and my daughter, we got to do something. Let's go shopping. Let's go to the seaside. And for the past three months, we haven't been able to do anything. So I've been literally, it's been, <laughs> it's been that's a new that. perspective. That's not one I've heard before. <laughs> and you're right, the commute. I mean, I, I go to Farringdon every day, so um yeah and actually what you know in a weird way it means that you might be you know people have got more uh employees have got more idea about working from home and you know the infrastructure and stuff so hopefully it means that everyone has a bit of better work-life balance i think that's that's the getting very yeah, deep we're talking, talking about about <laughs> we're talking about it and and honestly i think it's going to have a massive effect oh yeah um, yeah you want to get even deeper if you knock off the amount of uh corporate real estate Rent prices will go down in London. Hopefully, you know, there'll be more residential. People will be able to afford to live closer to mm. the wonderful Olympic Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> football, sorry. Anyway, football. Anyway, football. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this channel came out of that sort of whole like, whole sort of, you know, lockdown in that that people were missing football. I was missing football, to be honest. Not other people. I was missing it. Um, and, and we started it. And we just – it's all nostalgic. So it's not really about thinking about the current team. There's hundreds of YouTube – um people out there talking about the current state of the team and stuff like that we talk about nostalgia and about memories and i think that's why people quite enjoy it um and what the first question i ask everyone jim is when they come on is is why west ham why is west ham your club how did it start okay do you want to hear a really depressing story yes i, I could be supporting a club right now that's fighting for champions league as quality players a lovely new stadium but instead, I decided to go against every single member of my family. <laughs> <laughs> so all of all of my family supports Spurs. Yeah, like all of them. Um, my dad, all of his brothers, um, my my brother, my sisters, on my mum's side, all of her family, they all support Spurs. Um, I just, if I'm honest, I just hated football for most of my childhood. Well, all of my childhood. My dad tried to get me into it as insofar as he bought me a Spurs shirt. Um, which then he was he was quite a small guy, so he didn't <coughs> end up nicking it. Excuse me, frog in my throat. That's how I feel when I talk about Tottenham gyms. And, uh, <coughs> there you go, yeah, gagging. <laughs> so he ended up nicking it and wearing it all the time. And because yeah. he smoked um, roll ups, like the 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 ash would drop off, like and burn little holes in it. So I think that was kind of a like a prophecy for me to not like football. But when I was a kid, and I, I should really look up the, the year of this game so I can figure out how old I was. I was quite young. Uh, my uncle took me to White Hart Lane to watch my first ever football match. So my first match was a Spurs match. Yeah. Um, and it was against Southampton. And um, my, my uncle bought me like a little Spurs hat and a little Spurs scarf and a little Spurs like, rosette thing. He bought me all of yeah, this yeah. crap. And um, <laughs> I sat there and I weren't really interested anyway. Um, but I was the old. I'm the oldest, um, like you know, kid on that side of the family. Yeah. So I think my uncle just thought, oh yeah, I'll take him on the call. Um, I wasn't really interested anyway. Didn't like it. Didn't like the atmosphere. And Southampton smashed three past Spurs. <laughs> so I was sort of sitting there, not enjoying it. My uncle went, "Do you want to go?" And I went, "Yeah, if we if you don't mind." So we left. And just as we yeah. went outside, there was this massive roar as Spurs scored their only goal. Oh, so I think no. that. That was the nail in the coffin there to yeah, say, yeah, yeah. this ain't for you. This really ain't for you. <laughs> See, I, I, I absolutely hate football. I wasn't a sporty kid at school at all. Yeah. Um, and then when I was in my 20s, um, my mates used to go and play every Saturday morning over Beckton, just uh, having a kick about, just yeah. like for a laugh. And I got dragged along, basically because my flatmate couldn't drive. So... <laughs> 
that's the only reason I went. I was shit. I was absolutely shit. I was embarrassingly bad. In fact, one time when I was in defence, uh, a guy uh, took a shot at goal, whacked it so hard, smashed me straight in the face, and I went blind in one eye for a week. I was appalling. <laughs> They actually burst all the blood vessels in my eye and my pupils was full of blood, so I couldn't see. Oh, so no. it was appalling. But um, we went on the um, FA Cup run where we ended up at the Millennium Stadium playing the uh, final against Liverpool. Yeah. And this during this time, we were playing football in the morning and then going back to my mate's house in Beckton and, and watching the games. And I just got sucked into it. Like, I'd always hated football, everything about it. Um, but just watching my mates, just the excitement, the just, the, and they weren't the thing that I'd always in my mind associate with football was kind of like aggression. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But they weren't aggressive. They were excited. They were upbeat. They were screaming at the telly. But it was all like enthusiasm rather than like being aggro. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, the little I did know about football was that I knew West Ham weren't very good. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, okay, so this is kind of the underdog here doing well. I can get behind yeah. this. And essentially, um, I just caught up, got caught up in the whirlwind of, of, of the whole thing. Um, and the fact that, you know, my mates were quite honest with me. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, the, the, this player is not particularly good, but he works really hard for us. And yeah. I was like, yeah, this, this sounds wicked. So uh, my mate's mum actually worked at West Ham at the time um, in the ticket office. And she had sort of like friends and family allocation for the yeah. semi-final. And he said, oh, who wants to go? And I said, oh, I want to go. And um, he got the tickets. And he said, you know, oh, yeah, so-and-so, Brett, I've got yours, Rob, I've got yours. And I was like, what about mine? And he went, oh, you're serious? I thought you were taking the piss. It's like, oh, come on, mate, what, what the fuck? So I didn't get to go. Obviously, we made it to the final, and I was like, right, I want a ticket. I'm making it very clear now. I want a ticket. <laughs> so my first ever West Ham game was the FA Cup final. Okay, now. Um, <laughs> which, which was just amazing. And obviously, that really long training journey to Cardiff. Um yeah. The, just the pure drama of, of the game, uh, watching that Koncheski cross that just somehow turned into a shot. And you, we were behind the goal, so you just saw the, the net just cushion out of the side and everyone just yeah. went mental. Um, and, and after, and I think the thing that really sealed my love for West Ham or, or, the, or wanting to carry on going was afterwards walking back to the station, despite the fact we'd lost, there was a lot of honour in that defeat. Yeah. And, yeah. and there was a lot of um, upbeat West Ham fans. And there was actually more miserable faces on Liverpool fans. And maybe it's just Very because true. they had to make their way home or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or maybe because they were nearly, you know, turned over by little old West Ham. <laughs> but there was something about that that just, just sealed it in me. And the next season, I went to as many games as I could. And then the following season, that was my first season. I had a season ticket and I have done it ever since. Oh, wow. That ain't a bad first game. <laughs> you know, most most people get you know. I don't know, like kids. I mean, I've not seen one that, that good since. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, most people get you know, not County in in the in the third round of the of the Rumbelows Cup or whatever. But yeah, the FA Cup final, and and as you said, and I totally yeah, that was the weirdest game because you left, and as you said, it, it was almost like every Liverpool fan you saw walking back was like, you, you should have won that, and it was like, yeah, we should have. You know, it was like, you know, we interviewed like Shaka the other day. And Shaq was talking about that 2006 FA Cup final, was thinking, you know, he's like, should have won it, should have won it. And he's like, he's still, he's still, he's, he's adamant we should have still won it. And we should have. But uh, it's the West Ham way, isn't it, Jim? As you know, that's, that's what we do. We, yeah, we, we, we rise so high. Yeah. 
rise so high. I don't know how high we've risen. No, but the, yeah. the other thing, just quickly about that game that I liked, is before the game, we were um, out drinking in a bar with Liverpool fans and the the camaraderie between them, but also with us, it was it, that, that you know, again, that, that kind of football thing, old football fans at Agro and all the rest of it, I think that really t- changed my mind in that regard mm. because all the fans were mixing and it was just a lot of sort of mutual respect going around the place, which I, I, re- I really liked. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I, I preferred Cardiff as a destination for finals. I, I think Wembley is great for being Wembley, but there's nothing round there, is there? You have to jump on like Liverpool Street and then and then go back to Stratford, and you know where where you said it was a two and you know, I don't know two and a half dr- hour drive to Cardiff. You know, at the bridge, it was all the cars, all the ribbons, all the West Ham lot, and like the way they just divided the city in half. This was this was West Ham's bit. This was Liverpool's bit, and there was like loads of bars it was just like it was just a different i just found it's it like more a of festival like a, yeah, a carnival totally, almost totally and i think and i just think you, you lose that and obviously you know wembley's wembley but it's you know it, and yeah some people draw parallels to obviously up some parts on the stadium in that because you know you've got the sort of London the Upton Park was in the middle of everything, weren't it? Whereas London Stadium, it's all, it's all out a little bit, a bit like you know, a bit like Wembley, where it's out in this very corporate Wembley way. There's nothing there, um, but uh, no, yeah, I used to love Cardiff, and I thought it was great fun. I used to, it was, I had the same car park space three years in a row, um, just we were there three years in a row, exactly the same car park space, and we only won once, so that's not too bad. Um, that's not bad for us, Sam. So obviously, since then, Jim, obviously you've been seen to get. Hold ever since. Um, obviously, they're doing all the stuff for Pride of Irons and stuff. You know, any sort of highlights that sort of hit in your, it sort of come to mind when you think about your sort of your, your West Ham fan career so far? Anything exciting that might be a bit different than other people? Um, I just, I guess for me, I mean, this is the part where I, you know, I said to you before, I'm not sure how many people want to hear what I have to say because it's, it's very niche, but for me, seeing the way football has changed yeah. um, in regards to stuff like, you know, LGBT rights, but also looking at the, the Black Lives Matters movement. Now, totally. I think football is often slow to reflect the changes we see in society. Mm. Um, and it feels like we're entering a time where it's catching up or maybe society is going backwards. I don't know. Um, but just, you know, from where we started as a, as a little Twitter account off the back of an incident that I witnessed um, at Upton Park into a year of kind of constantly bombarding the club with emails and stuff like that. And eventually getting in the door and speaking to them, setting the whole thing up um, to where we are now. It's, it's such a journey, but it's not just yeah. us, you know, looking around at other clubs as well. Um, just seeing how uh, people are embracing uh, yeah. diversity and stuff. I think it's. I think it's a, a really. I don't know. It's just. It's. It's beyond my wildest dreams to think that I started supporting West Ham off the back of you know hanging around with mates watching football in the afternoon after hating football for most of my life, yeah. and now this has kind of happened, and it's yeah. gained so much momentum of its own, which I'm really proud of. It's, yeah, you know, people tend to um, turn to me as, and and this is people within Pride of Irons as well, or my or my own committee, or my, my co-chair, so, oh, you know, Jim, you must be so proud of this. So, yeah, mm. I am, but I'm proud of us, because I didn't do this. All I did was kind of knock the first domino, and the others yeah. have just kind of built up the, the, the momentum themselves. Um, and it's amazing, yeah, it's, it's, it's the little community that we've got. Then It's not just about 
I think people always think, oh, it's about homophobia or it's about putting rainbows up in the stadium. It's not. It's about you know, providing support yeah. to fellow fans and saying, you know, we're here for you. Um, and there's a lot of stories that we have, personal stories people have told us how it's changed um, their attitude towards football. Mm. People have always loved football but didn't want to go mm. or didn't feel comfortable going, who have now got season tickets. Yeah. It, may, it may feel like a small thing in the grand scheme of the world, but if you do little things to change people's lives in a positive way, I think, you know, I, I've, I've, yeah, I feel like I've, I've contributed in a positive, in a positive yeah. way to the world, you know? No, no, totally. It makes perfect sense. And you said, you know, in, you know, even more, I mean, obviously diversity is, is now, it's it's front and centre now, isn't it? In terms of, you know, where it was almost not an afterthought, but now it's literally in, you know, it's in front of everyone, you know, Black Lives Matter and stuff like that in terms of everything that that sort of has, has helped bring across. No, I totally get it. I totally get it. And, and you're right. It, football does always seem to be a bit slower um, to react than than sort of, the, the the wider community but I'm mean, even more so in lockdown you know obviously you guys providing support to people who need it um even if it's a, a message here a facebook message a you know a tweet um a little text message it's not not just obviously the pride of irons but all what i'm seeing all the communities all the Absolutely, west community yeah. stuff and it's really really brought everyone together in in the wrong way obviously it's horrible what's happened but actually i think it's brought us together as a as, as a community better the west End community definitely. yeah definitely and, and i want to give a quick shout out to my co-chair joe all of my committee are amazing but joe yeah. is absolutely fantastic because since she's come on board she's been getting the the west End women supporters involved she's Brilliant. been setting up zoom meetings for our um, supporters who are you know it's all over the country but also all over the world like you know like you said providing that little bit of extra support so we've got a whatsapp and all the rest of it but she's doing like zoom meetings like two like once or twice a week to give people you know that, that little bit of face time a bit of community feel so big shout out to joe you're a legend yeah, joe, no, if you're absolutely awesome no, of course you'll be watching of course Joe will be watching I mean it's, it's I, I mean I've seen it more than anything because obviously I before I've started this I you know I'll be honest I wasn't part of any of the communities I kept myself kept myself to myself to be honest you know sort of working for the club for like you know 18 19 seasons sort of like you know kept myself to the self didn't really integrate really but um since lockdown doing this you know it's not just from all all over the world all all fans i've got some great friends now from the last six seven weeks who i would never have spoken to before and the only thing we have in common is we support is it's what west ham it's men misery i know it is we all share the same misery you know, through thick and not thick and thin, through, through thin and very, very rarely thick. But um, but it's true, and it's funny how West Ham sort of gets into your fabric, as you said. You know, you hadn't, you hadn't, didn't, you didn't like football in two thousand six. Just started quite creeping <laughs> in, and now it's like you know, you're in, you're in, and everything you do, you think. Even I mean, you just do the same when you're looking at work. And obviously before lockdown, and you've got like a meeting at five o'clock, and it's like for a Wednesday game. Night oh, game I had a six Ooh. o'clock meeting the other night, so I'd, I had West Ham on my laptop, on my personal <laughs> laptop, whilst I was on a Zoom call with the head of strategy and change at my at my work. And I was like, and, and I told just him, see well. I was like, by the way, that's just down there in the corner. <laughs> And you take your glasses off, you can't see the reflection of the TV on your glasses. That's what I always oh, so I, with pride of eyes as well, and and like other bits and bobs. Like it, it, feel, it starts to feel like a second job. So yeah. in a way, that that you know, two thousand six was the one of the biggest pivot points in my life, and I had no yes. idea. Yeah, no, totally. Although I can't, to be honest, I can't keep up with the football schedule at the moment. So you know, I'll, I'll look at my phone. And there's been three games on. And I was like, how, how have they happened? I don't, you know, it's six o'clock. I kind of like it though. It's, it's, I, look, it's I do like cool. it. 
yeah, I do look at it. We go, what game's on today? Rather than, is there football on today? Who's playing today? You already know. But it's the it's the Wednesday games. That, I mean, we've had a lot of Wednesday games. We had, like, last week when it was six o'clock, I just couldn't get my head around it. You know, I was owned by half eight on a Wednesday night. I walked in, my wife went, what are you doing here? Um, <laughs> you gotta, has the game been called off? I went, no, six o'clock kickoff. You know, I just, just can't comprehend with these times. And it's like yesterday, the, that Wolves game, not the Wolves game, the Bournemouth game at seven o'clock kickoff. Just weird on a Sunday, but uh, it doesn't matter. Only a couple more weeks and then, then we'll see what happens. Yeah. Don't know when it, no, no one knows what's going to happen afterwards, but we'll see. And hopefully we get starting to get people back in September, they reckon. September 12th. Yeah. Which is good. Which is good because it is weird. You know, I, I've been to some, I've been to some games, uh, under 23 games at the, at the stadium where there's been like 200 people and yeah, it's quiet, but this is weird. I, I, I mean, I, I, I quite enjoy it because I sit there on my own and no, no one bothers me, but it is weird. And the well, I, I like it weird. actually. You know, you've got the option of listening with the fake crowd. Yeah, noise. where do you stand without, on that? Without it, I yeah. really like it. I really like hearing the players like shout to each other. It's just, I think because it's something completely new. And yeah. I'm like, well, I always wondered what they shout to each other on the pitch yeah. and how they Joe talk Dean, to each other. Joe Dean, so right on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Like, what I'm impressed with, like, as the, for the sound, the sound, the crowd sound stuff, yeah. whoever's doing that, like, well done to them because, like, the Olays the other day, like I was like, come on, man! Like, who who thought to to put that in there? And and yeah. is there some guy sitting there, literally like waiting for you know tapping on it? And I was thinking, I'm waiting for him to like hold on it to go. Like, it's, it's impressive. <laughs> it's so it true, busy it, though. It is. I mean, they took obviously they, they mixed more FIFA, weren't it? FIFA twenty, um, because they got all the all the crowd. I'm, yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm really impressed. I think it's really cool. Sometimes if you're if it's a second delay, I find it quite funny as well because it's like the ball's gone and go, oh, yeah, it's like just it's, it's it just yeah. catches itself up. But I miss it when I go back to the stadium. Where, where do you stand? Go on. So go. On. So when I when I'm at the back at the stadium, so like on Friday when I'm back there, I have to switch on Sky Sports because I need that crowd noise now i can't i don't like it and they're on my own it's like <laughs> where do you where do you stand on the um the, the game obviously the game of the weekend norwich um when the final whistle went and the, the sound engineer obviously started pressing the boo button because they're loads of yeah. um, boo down. I thought that was a bit oh come on man there's no one there you don't need to put the boot in <laughs> to boo them. well i know i know i know it's um yeah, I think, well, it's fair enough. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, I mean, the trouble is, it's the same as if I, if I was losing 4-0 on a FIFA game at home, I'd be booed off the pitch by the, you know, by the, by the, by the, uh, the AI on there. But uh, no, yeah, it's, it's weird. But it's weird. I mean, we have to do gold music and stuff as well. So at the moment, which I've, I've always been a really a purist against gold music. Very but, Reading, isn't it? Yeah, but we, we you know kind of like it because i just think it gives something but it's always the trouble is now with var you play the goal so we, the first time i played the goal music was when suchek scored the goal against chelsea and then it was chalked off it's like well that's that's fucking worth it, isn't it? you know it's like it's been disallowed but uh is what it is we'll get there we'll get through it three more to go and we'll see what happens um right jim let's let's talk about this 11 the hammers 11 that's the whole point of the bloody channel um okay. so the idea is we pick, you know, it's your 11. Um, you can pick whoever you want. Doesn't As long as they played for West Ham, obviously. Um, that'd be a bit weird if you didn't. Um, but the only rule is you have to be alive to have seen them play. Now, for you, obviously, probably from about 2006 onwards. 
it's probably your your yep. you know your your fan career so to speak but that is coolio right so um we'll try and keep it to a 442 as well um just because actually you can do whatever you want now to be honest i'm getting quite soft and old age to be honest now um so if we go for goalie who is in goal for the for the gym 11 okay right so my my team is i'm calling it the gave a shit 11 all right okay. so i'm not going by um skill or flair or speed or it, none of that shit right who cared that, that, that's kind of what i'm going Agreed. with okay so um in goal then in the give a shit 11 obviously for me it's adrian now i did yep. i did think about green for quite a while but i think he's very calm and composed and then doesn't show it a lot I yeah. think Adrian showed how much he gave a shit. I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, obviously there's the iconic taking off the gloves, which I think regardless of anything else, that secures him in a Hall of Fame somewhere. Yeah. Right? That yeah. was just absolutely brilliant. But you could always see, like, the, I don't know, it was like the, the fiery Spanish, you know, passion or whatever. Um, but he always seemed to care. But what I liked about him as well was as, a, as an individual um, sort of, when he, when he was calm, he was very calm. He was very mm. sort of soft, spoken. You know, he did a lot of stuff with like any old irons and things yep. like that. He's obviously a very nice guy, but he's mm. got that, that absolute fire in him. And during a game, you know, you could always see it, but there's a few times where it properly came out. Like I remember there was a collision with um, Mario Balotelli, and he ended up. I think Balotelli kind of collapsed on him, if I remember correctly, and he basically kind of flipped him, and he had him pinned down, and he was I remember that. <laughs> right in his face. And I remember from that moment thinking, right, because I thought at that point he was this really nice, calm guy. And I was like, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a hard bastard. Yeah, but he yeah. could flip. Like, not I don't think he would very often, but if he needed to, he could. He could you know, switch. He'd go. Yeah, 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 he'd go. And I know exactly what you mean. Um, he's just, it's that, as you said, it's that fiery sort of Mediterranean temper, isn't it? It's like, he can just, he seems, and then he'll go just go off on one and it'll go crazy. And he he loved the dive, didn't he? He'd love the camera dive, didn't he? Sometimes I've had you, Um But it, it was such a, it's such a great character yeah. though. Like not, he didn't just, you know, it wasn't just because he gave a shit. That was obviously the theme of mine, but yeah. um, he, he had a thing with the fans. I think he had that connection. Yes, that it's just undeniable. He actually cared that he played for the club, and mm. since then, you know, I, I did one of the things at the Players Project um, earlier in the year, and he did like a video message back uh, to the NL Dines to say like, "Oh, I haven't forgotten about you. I used to love coming to see oh, you guys, God. hanging out with you." And like that, that to me just showed that he really, you know, there's something special yeah. about him. Yeah, 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 and I agree. That's a great shout. Yep, Adrian is in. Let's go. Let's go left back, Jim. Who have we got left back? Uh, I've gone with George McCartney. Oh, nice. Yeah. Again, I think he cared, and it's not the same kind of um, fiery temper or anything like that. But I just think he was he he, he was a player who just gave his all, and I think when he left. It was one of those ones, you know, we've seen it over the years enough times when players left West Ham at the wrong time. Um, I think his wife wanted to leave, didn't she? She wanted to go back to, to Sunderland, I believe Something is the, like yeah. the rumour. Um, yeah, I feel like it was it was a bittersweet goodbye. Well, it wasn't sweet at all, actually. No, it was just bitter. It was a bitter goodbye. I think players who knuckle down, and they might not be the sort of... Um, 
sort of eye-catching players. They might not be, you know, if you fancy Dan's, but just ones who knuckle down and do a good job, yeah. work hard. And I always think, you know, when there's a player who leaves like that and then comes back, and when sometimes it's the second time you see a player come back and you see actually how much they cared about the club, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. players who wanted to, to return. Um, yeah. yeah, to me, he just seemed like he wanted to be there. Yeah. And to, to put a shift in. He never seemed to, I mean, when people talk about George McCartney, I never hit, remember him making a mistake. You know, he probably probably did, but, you know, it wasn't glaringly obvious. You know, some players, you think about him, you go, oh, yeah, I remember against Fulham where he bat passed. And da-da. I didn't get that. I don't get it with George McCartney. I can't remember anything he didn't, that was wrong. Yeah, and he just seems solid. Yeah, that's solid, solid and, and, and cared, you know, that's, exactly. um, that's what you want. Right, okay, we'll put George in. Let's go, let's go right back, Jim. Let's go to the other side. Lucas Neal. Lucas Neal. Come on, Lucas oh. Neal. Again, great just think, great player. I think there was, there was just something about, there's something assured about him. Yeah. He was a leader. Um, again, he seemed like a committed player. He seemed like he cared. Um, I think they, I think Liverpool were after him, weren't they, when yeah. he came to us? Yeah. And I remember reading afterwards that he had, there was some, was it Carragher had like basically said, if you come to this to city, I'll have your legs broken or something like that, um, which automatically <laughs> made me like him. Just thought, well, you've done enough to to really piss off James Carragher. Yeah, yeah. must be so in India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, and it just always again, like seemed like he gave a shit. Um, I'm gonna I need to stop swearing on your channel. Sorry, um, but yeah, just uh, a hard worker, natural leader. There's just something a bit classy about him as well. I think. No, you're right. Uh, we had um, we had Anton on the channel, and he told a story of Lucas Neal basically saying, right, in the season, obviously the the, the great escape season, um, he literally like called a meeting at, at the at the at the ground and said to all the players, we're upstairs now, we're going to have a meeting. Uh, they all went upstairs, and Curbs and Mervyn Day were coming in, and he went, no, shut the door in their face. He went, right, players only, and literally went right. We don't want to. We don't want to be here. If you don't want to be here, if you don't want to play, f off and get out the door now. I'll kick you out. I'll kick. You know, go. Yeah, See, honestly, and that was it. And he was. And he. Do you know what? Like that, Anton. I got his new family respect for Lucas Neil because he also made them. He also collected sort of. Um, I don't know. It's like a percentage of their win bonuses. He went around and, and took a percentage of everyone's win bonus and and gave it to the groundsmen, the cleaning ladies the the kit men because he because he said look at the end of the day if they're doing that if they're giving you a great surface already or or, or pressing your kit and they're not getting paid for it could you imagine what they would do for you if you did give them a little bit extra money and i was like do you know what you don't need enough of that you don't need none of that and that's, that's really nice that's a really really nice one. It? it's that's the thing isn't it about everyone matters right down to the guy who empties the trash cans yeah. like everyone's a has a place in, the, in, the, in that value chain that's exactly. that's really cool that's yeah really cool and because and everyone saw him as this money grabbing you know because he took loads of money and he you know fair play to but actually he was a proper captain and i didn't think from that in that way until anton and he was adam anton was really adamant about doing it doing the talking about him like that so i was like, oh fair play all right we'll go for it all right we'll put lucas new in let's go center backs then jimmy uh, james Tompkins. oh yes there's somebody who gives a shit there is, and I, one of the things I like about him is he doesn't really look like he doesn't not look like a footballer. 
Nah. But he also doesn't look like a footballer. He I looks like he, be, he looks like he should be a model or something. He looks like you know, like if you took Russell Brand and cut his hair and tidied him up a bit, yeah. he could he could be like you know a suave sort of model type. What I liked about him is that he was he did have this you know how would you call it a chiseled face or whatever. Yes. But he wasn't bothered about getting stuck in at all. Yeah, like he was. And and obviously you know homegrown, so there's always yeah. that bit of affection there for a player. James, I mean, I mean James Thompson. Sorry, I put the wrong James in. Sorry, he said James. Oh, that's Thompson, right. He's sorry, I imagine he's probably going to cut next anyway. But yeah, anyway, spoiler alert. <laughs> Carry on, Tomo. Yeah, no, I t- I know yeah. you mean. He had this like he was a good looking lad, wasn't he? But and also what I liked about him was he didn't mind filling in at right back. He played quite a few games at right back. I remember. Do you remember? It's like uh, where we sort of didn't really have a right back, and he just yeah. kept on. I like that. Yeah, but, but I like well, him, yeah, like well, put willing to put a shift in, but I think as well, he's got a bit of the the kind of um Adrian thing about him where he's very sort of unassuming generally, but when he has to, you know, I don't know when he's confronted or when he has to, you know, shout, put you know, when, when the players need to put a shift in, yeah. he ain't afraid to use his voice, he's not afraid to like, you know, fucking get stuck in kind of thing. You can imagine yeah, him screaming, yeah, yeah. right? His face is pure stony and then all of a sudden you can see that like come on pull your finger I know what you mean. yeah i know what you mean and and it's, it's the same to like to adrian obviously when adrian left we were like oh it's all right we got his he's only a sub keeper don't worry uh we'll get his roberto guy and he looks all right Ooh. and then and and the same thing happened with tomo as well wasn't it tomkins went to palace oh it's all right we've got lots of center backs then like three two or three center backs got injured and like we're scrabbling around for a center back and hindsight's a great thing but uh yeah no i, 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 I that. hindsight's a great thing for the club but how many fans do you know who were like oh yeah that sale makes sense i don't remember yeah. anyone saying yeah that's yeah that's a great that's a great piece of business no nah. even even i mean it wasn't it wasn't you know we they they got a cracking player for a really good deal and yeah, was it like 10 million or something? Something like that. Yeah. It was 27, 27 or something, 28 at the time. You know, and it was uh no, I I'm, I really like James Tompkins, and he just said, you know, he's an academy boy and West Ham boy, and you know, now this is the type this is the time when you want them, you know, you want the people who are gonna fight for the badge, and he did, he did, you know what I mean? He gave, I, I, gave a shit. Yeah, right, okay. So who's gonna be your next centre back? I wonder James who <laughs> <laughs> got it lined up. Okay, James. James Collins. GP. There are many reasons why yeah. James Collins deserves to be in everyone's team. Um, he just absolutely gave everything, yeah. everything. Um, I like as well the fact that when he, you know, it was another one who got sold, didn't didn't necessarily want to go, and when he came back, was clearly so happy to be back. Yeah. Like this was his club. Uh, well, I know he's a Cardiff boy, but you know this this is. I think this is where his his heart really was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just everything about him, just an absolute warrior would put any part of his body on the line. So he would put his bollocks in front of a ball to stop it going into the back of the net. Like just, just the pure heart, like warrior heart. Yeah. And and also, you know, when, whenever you see any interviews, with him, it just seems like such a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, and you're um, right. I mean, and and you, in the same way you talked about, you know, when when players come back. I mean, I think Collins came back a far better player than when he left. He came back as more of a veteran 
an old old you know so because he was he was older he had you know you know bald head you know he just seemed more hard when he came back you know what i mean well you see old old clips of him and you're like i don't ever remember james collins being that sort of slender and he wasn't his shoulders were big he was he was you know he he wasn't very barrel chested and he came back and yeah it was just and i and i love a player who Throws, he always gives his shirt away at the end of a game. You know, I, I love that. You know, and he was like, he'd always do that, whether it was in Chav Corner or, or you know, the new Chav Corner at London Stadium type of thing. He'd love that. He'd go into the corner and give his shirt away. And, you know, I, I love that of a player. I, you know, it's like he just, he really had an affection with the fans. And he'd go away, he'd go to away games and sit in the crowd. Um, I mean, you know, look at him. Uh, I mean, he's be he was there for nine years. Someone like Winston Reed, this is his tenth year technically. We signed him in twenty ten, but it's all about personality and how you interact with the fans. You know, he's quite Collins is quite fiery. That sort of Welsh, you know, you know, sort of dragon attitude, and it really resonated. Where Winston Reed's more serene, quite you know, and, and it, it, it we we love a fiery personality at West Ham, don't we? Someone who looks like they're gonna. Like just go around for a fucking brick wall for you, and, and he would, wouldn't he? He would. Massive fan of his, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, that is a proper tough backline there. <laughs> Lucas Neil. I mean, Lucas Neil was a, was a was hard nut as well. Right. Okay. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Let's go. Let's go left wing. Who have you got on the left midfield, rather? Jim. Uh, Jack Collison. Oh yeah, nice one. I like him. I've got I've, I've got him lined up already because someone said him the other day. Carry on, Jack Collison. Yeah, no, yeah. So, I mean, I think West Ham is. Uh, well, I suppose most clubs would say the same thing, but West Ham we seem to have this history of um, you know could have been, mm. uh, and I think yeah. Jack's one of the just yeah one of the saddest could have been. Um, I think you know. Under Zola, he seemed to be, I don't know, he just seemed like such a player. Yeah. He seemed to, he, and again, he, he cared. He, yeah. he cared a lot. You know, after his dad died, all that stuff, like, it was just that. Yeah. Awful, awful time for him. And he just carried on. Um, but yeah, he just seemed to have so much talent in him. Um, I always remember laughing at the way he kind of seemed to sort of be doing an aeroplane as he'd be running. Like, his, his arms always seemed to be kind of hanging out, didn't they? As he was like, yeah. weaving out of the ball. But yeah, and again, you know, I mean, I know he came to us when he was what, 16, 17 or whatever, but it's still, it's an academy, academy yeah. lad. And um, he came through the ranks. And he's another one who seemed like his heart was at West Ham. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not a lot to say, you know, but he, but he wasn't, no, he wasn't a huge amount. His career wasn't as, as long as it should have been. And no. it's terribly sad that, that the injuries took it out of him. It is, and, you, and you're right in that sort of Zola period. Uh, you know, he's called you know, before he scored some cracking goals. You know, he was a he was always it was a solid when he played. As you said, he, he was one of those what could have been. Um, and you know, obviously, he's doing some great stuff in Atlanta at the moment, um, with the with the you know, coaching out there. And you know, love to see him back. He's you know, he's one of those ones who's primed to come back to the club, really, isn't he? You yeah, know. So- I think the difference between him and a lot of the players I've picked is that it's not um, his passion wasn't like a fiery one. It yes. was just it was graft. Yeah. Like, like he clearly believed in in hard work and and like just giving giving everything he had. Um, and there's a lot of respect for that. You know, someone who's who's come through the ranks and yeah. earned 
their place and then it's kind of like rice i guess the way rice is now come through the ranks earns their place and is consistently good and just continues to improve yeah you, i don't remember jack having a bad game no. you know he's yeah. always going to be a seven out of ten you know seven out of ten player and that's and as you said he's not wasn't a fiery character but he put a shift you know he put a shift in every time he put the shirt on and that's what we want you know we're not in it for the football gym are we i'm not being funny we well, back the wrong you yeah. back the wrong you back the wrong buddy also that was the case Fucking hell. Definitely <laughs> exactly right okay um we put Jack. Okay, let's let's go let's go uh, other side. Let's go right midfield. Who've we got right midfield? So I've gone for Valen Barami. Oh, do you know what? I'm gonna to have to type that one in as we speak. Oh yeah, so, big fan. I um yeah, I just I think when he turned up with his like bleach blonde tips yeah. and all that, you just think who's you know, who's this geezer? What's he playing at? <laughs> uh, but again, I think he was hard. I think it's one of those ones you don't expect to be hard. Um yeah, and again, maybe it's just like the the pretty boy. I actually don't think he was particularly pretty. I think he looked a bit like a, <laughs> a puppet. But like, I think you know, he he obviously cared about the way he looked. And you always think with players like that that you know if they're going to be you know, ponces, but no, he weren't. He he was a hard player. I remember. I'm sure it was Macclesfield um, in a, in a cup game, and I think it was like our lowest ever attendance at Upton Park, for like ten thousand or something. I'm sure it was that game. And he um, took an elbow to the face. Yeah. And um, there was blood everywhere. And I think he actually broke a tooth. And he stood at the edge of the pitch. So it wasn't, um, so I was in the chicken one, he was on my side. And he stood yeah. at the edge, got a bit of treatment, and then went back on <laughs> with like half a tooth in his mouth or whatever was going on. Um, so I just think that is commitment and it's not even necessarily commitment to West Ham maybe it's just he is a committed professional and he's like yeah all right it's a bit of blood patch me up I'll go back on but I remember that particular incident and thinking fuck yeah like you're a proper player you don't give a toss yeah. you just want to get there no, and do your right. job and, and he had a proper engine I mean he was the first player that's all in that sort of era where he had like I remember he had an engine like he would run he was all over the place he really was here there every everywhere weren't he he just literally was never stopped running um yeah gutted he didn't play enough for us because I think he would have been you know because you know, I just think again yeah again we get we get we get these sort of one two season wonders and then that's it you never see him again and they they, they go off somewhere in italy or whatever and you know and they then they reappear for like watford you know which he did yeah. before you know it's like always the way in it like him and diamante as well the same thing oh, yeah. and they come back uh right we'll put val on in yeah nice shot okay we'll put val in uh central midfielders let's go for your first one jim uh parker scotty p yeah and again, I think very much in the in the same way as sort of described Jack, right? Just a committed um, professional. Mm. Um, it was, I mean, the fire did come out occasionally, um, <laughs> or mostly when we're you know fighting relegation. Um, but I think most of the time he was a very level head on the pitch, yeah. and just again a leader. Never you know, <laughs> not captain, but might as well have been captain. Um, yep. <laughs> commitment professionalism and dedicated like just i don't know i feel like it kind of sounds weird but it's like he was just committed to doing his job well <laughs> no i know exactly what you mean i know exactly what you mean it was almost like at times 
because he had a, he didn't have a great team around him to be honest it was almost at times he thought right looking around going, fuck it i'm gonna do it myself and literally would it was almost he physically he mentally pulled his socks up and just he would literally come off that pitch crawling almost he every he'd left you know when they talk about leaving everything on the pitch that was him even yeah. like when even when he's when he's gonna go to tottenham that tuesday night he was playing away he wasn't he at watford or something like that and he's still putting a shift and he still yeah. could have got injury exactly by, by the professionalism you know yeah. he, like you say he was gonna go but he's not gonna stop doing his job he's still being paid to do his job so yeah, and he's, he's another one. I think he's. Um, I think it was his dad, wasn't it? Who passed away, and he still went and played the next yeah. game. And and I think he scored. Did he score a brace in that game? I think it might Quite possibly. Yeah. Definitely yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I know some West Ham fans will have have this kind of weird ill will traitor syndrome with with Parker for who he went to, which I think is absolute bollocks. Oh. Like the bloke couldn't have done more for the club no. when he was there. Um, it's not like you know. Pyatt turning up for one season, playing really well, and then fucking us over. Like he, he, yeah. he, he for a long time, he played really, really well. And like you said, often surrounded by, by players who he kind of had to drag them along with him. Yeah, um, yeah I've got nothing but respect for the boat. No, I mean, yeah, no, and and also I think you know in, in I think it's. A, his his longevity at the club shouldn't be, or his sort of time at the club, it, it's all been lived through various other players. So obviously, you know, when Scott was being Scott, he had Mark Noble as his deputy, and so there's no surprising that Mark Noble he and, and Mark does those little turns that Scott used to. Like, you know, yeah, little, does a little turn. It's like that. It's a Scotty turn. Scotty P turn. It's a Scotty turn. And I noticed the other day, Deck was doing a couple of Deck Scotty turns. So I, you know, it's almost like a circle of life thing. Oh, you know. So it's like so yeah it's hopefully a few more years with, with deck and there'll be another an academy boy coming through who he can he can teach the scotty turn to but um no I, yeah i'd have him back as manager i really i think he's doing a great job he's doing a good job at fulham um you know i just think it's a west ham you know he understands the club you know a bit like kevin nolan you know he understands the club and i think you know managers managers come and go but obviously you know players who make a difference and he made a difference three years of the you see, hammer the year three years in a row won the footballers right a player of the year the season went down when's that ever happened you know what i mean and i just thought he was brilliant i did love him I, you know you knew again when he was on the was he on the team sheet you knew he was going to put a shift in and um and yeah it's just this weird thing that he went to another club to earn money and play in the premier league and oh how dare he how dare he want to play for england and you know yeah. it's not like trevor brookin in the 80s you know he went he went down and he stayed with us and played for england regularly it doesn't happen nowadays you've got to play in the top league and you know footballers careers are quite a, a short so earn as much money as you can i'll get haters for that but it's true you know it's, well, it's, it's what it is. slightly slightly off topic but not you know the movie shawn of the dead Right, Nick Frost's character, the shit friend that holds people, that holds his mate back. I feel that like sometimes that's how football fans are. You want to be that shit friend who yeah. holds back someone that you claim to really care about. And yeah. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but you know, if you love someone, sometimes you've got to let them go. <laughs> and if they, you know, if they're that much for that many years, then like yeah, you, know, you say like if they want to play Premier League football, like, is that too much to ask? No, yeah, it's just, no, I don't think so. It's all right. Scott's in. Who's Scott going to partner in that middle? So basically, he's polar opposite personality wise. So I've gone for Kevin Nolan. Oh, yes. Big fan. Big fan of Kevin. 
Kevin Nolan is a footballer who, until he signed for us, I absolutely hated with yeah. a passion. But he, but that's the point. That is the point of Kevin Nolan. The point of Kevin Nolan is that you hate him unless he plays for your team. He is one of those people who is, you know, he might be a bastard, but he's our bastard. Exactly. Um, and all the things that he used to do that really pissed me off when he was playing for Bolton or Newcastle, when he was playing for us, I loved. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it when he'd get in a keeper's face. I loved it when the opposition fans would, you know, boo him or whatever. And he just, he'd smile. He's got that thing about, you know, it's him and like Jermaine Defoe, players like that, who yeah. love it. They hate it. And he loved it. He loved to wind people up. I think it's just in his personality that yeah. he is a wind merchant and he doesn't take things too seriously. Therefore, he knows he can wind other people up and they can't really get to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, just everything that he he did to piss off the opposition you know this this we don't get much to to, to celebrate supporting West Ham so like those little moments those little cheeky moments where he used to do things like that it was you know it brought a bit of joy to the game no, but also not the fact he was a fantastic captain he was a complete leader on the pitch he was yeah. in that way he was an absolute professional as well even though he was a piss taker yeah so yeah no, you're right, and 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 he always had Christmas off, so fair play. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Funny how he used to get booked at that time. <laughs> well, you, everyone knew it. It's like you know. But what one thing that has surprised me about Kevin Nolan since he's got got back is why hasn't Antonio done the chicken dance after he scored? It's made. I, I, it's made. I thought I was thinking the hat trick. He should have gone over and done the chicken dance with Kevin yeah. on the. It's. I'm, why hasn't been done, man? It's social distancing or what? Everything else. So, like, surely it's got to come up. It's got to come up. I just thought maybe like the other little Simpson thing he did, where he went around in circles on the floor. Maybe yeah. combine that with a chicken going around the floor. I'll have to have right. a word of him. I've got to have a word of him. I've got to get to him. You know, it's, it's made for it. I could even put, I don't know, the birdie song on for him for his celebration goal or something like You know, it's something like that. You know, it's like, it's got to happen. Uh, right, put, put Kevin. And I mean, you know, since he's come since he's come back, you know, as part of the, as, he's num- as Moise's number two, I think it's a masterstroke because I think his personality, I don't think he was a great I think he's a good manager, but I think he's a great coach in terms of motivator. You see the effect he has on, you know, I remember that first game that was it, was it, I think, was it the Southampton game? It was his first game as number two, and he was up front and center, him and Moyes. And, you know, he just seemed a bit of this is, this is why he's in the, in the give a shit 11. So I think, you know, the reason they brought him back is because they probably want him to inspire that in other, in, in yeah. our players to say, look, this is what you're playing for this is why you're doing this and you need to fuck your ideas up yeah. no i get that totally now yeah right kev's in uh up front who's your first striker then jim right, so i'm gonna be cheeky um i'm gonna put someone up front who only recently started playing up front and we just spoke about him Mikel antonio yes good shot. you could put him anywhere really you could but I he's played everywhere in it so you might as well put him up front yeah um and I know it's cheeky because he's only just started playing up front, but I, yeah, squeezing him in there. Um, just again, just a complete professional. And I love the fact that I was talking to someone the other day saying, you know, people saying, oh, we need to sign better players. I don't think we need to sign, um, you know, go out to the to, to European market and try and sign the best players. I think we need to find the best players in local, um, you know, sort of uh, divisions, so like championship yeah. mainly, yeah. Who, yeah. who are going to punch up 
right? So people come to us from other leagues, it's a sidestep or it's a stepping stone. I've been sold a dream that when they get here, they realize, oh, hang on, this isn't it. You know, look yeah. at Pyatt, right? So after yeah. one season, complete lack of ambition and left. And to be honest, and he's another one I don't blame. But it's a player like Antonio, who for us sees us as a step up. Mm. You know, we've had that with Cresswell as well. So you, you get players yeah. who push up. But he's, he's seen it as a step up, but he's constantly fought to be better. So I think that, who was it? Was it Victor Moses we had at the time and on loan and, and Antonio couldn't get into the team? Possibly, yeah. I think it was him who was keeping him out. And then when he finally when he finally got played, we were like, whoa, who's this guy? Like he was, he's just been fantastic and got better and better. He seems to be getting fitter as he's getting older, which is yeah. crazy. Um, but I'm really hoping that Moyes is going to do, you know, a few people have already said this, right? I'm hoping Moyes is going to do to him what he did to Arnautovic and just um, transform him into... <clears throat> out and out striker because yeah what we saw on saturday that is is well actually in the last couple of games is not very antonio you know usually he'll be through on goal and he'll blast it straight over his, his shooting hasn't been yeah. ideal like he'll, he'll do all the hard work he'll you know just barge his way through five geezers and get there and somehow blast it into the sky yeah but the last few games he's been getting it just right. He's been getting it bang on target. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's a Moyes thing or if it's a Nolan thing. I don't know. But I just feel like this might be a new dawn for him. This might be, yeah. you know, his, his new it's always, career. The, 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 always, the, the caveat with Antonio is always he's, 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 a, he's one run away from doing his hamstring. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Every, you know, because he's like, and, and he, he did, I remember last season he was getting ahead of steam, three or four really good games in a row. Then he, Gets something happens and he's out and he gets that good and he's back another few games and you think he's really good. <clears throat> I think, I think you're you're totally right in terms of the the transfer strategy should be for next year. We've seen it with Bowen. You know, you get these hungry. I mean, I, I mean, when we signed Bowen, I was I was just excited as when we signed Dean Ashton because he was that young championship, you know, British player step up. Premier League, and I mean, you know, Bowen's been a revelation. Similar with Suchek, you know, I mean, he's he's picked someone oh, from. Great. I mean, he's brilliant, isn't he? And he's but he's picked someone from a relatively, not. I mean, he's always played Champions League football and stuff, but it's not one of the big five, you know, the big five leagues. And I think that's that's the blueprint. Um, and he said, Antonio, I, I just I just want him to have a decent partner up front. I just want him to play with. So if, I just want Haller to get his finger out and put his heart in it because I think them two would be with Bowen as well as a front three would be fucking unstoppable, honestly. Um, but Let's hope yeah. we get to see it. Yeah, we hope we get to see it. <laughs> you know, we've got got three more games and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> but, but, but Antonio definitely just oh yeah, workhorse just works so Don't so stop. hard, um, and I think that's because he's got that mentality of coming from the championship. Well, you know. He's, You've seen his career, right? Today, yeah. and he's, I think he's now making the most of it and, and working his heart, heart, out, heart out. You don't work your heart, out, do you? Yeah. Sound like Louis yeah, yeah. Um, to, to, to just to be his very, very best. And maybe it's because I think he's thirty-one, isn't he? So maybe he's saying, like, seeing, you know, well, how, how much more, how many more seasons yeah. have I got? I need to make sure I absolutely go out of a bang. Yeah, and he absolutely bosses the defense. You know, whether you know he's bulldoze, bulldozers over them. Doesn't matter who they are, he just he's just he's a walking muscle, isn't he? He's just hench. You start uh, next to Traore from um, from Wolves, and oh. from the shoulders they look basically more or less the same. And then you look at the legs, and Traore looks like he's got another man's legs on because Antonio yeah. is a lot. 
you know, he don't miss leg day, does he, Antonio? Oh, it's like that Wolves game. We're Wolves game when 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 he got when in in um. Adam Traore got got changed, and it's these muscles here. When he he had the like it's those ones. Trapped. He had the yeah, but I don't know what they call. Fuck it, look at me. Look at like I know what they call Jim. Come on, <laughs> but he had that, and he had a vest on, and I just went, oh my god, like this. He was just like this muscle man, and it was like Antonio is our muscle man. He's, he's yeah, he's just massive, and but he's a lovely guy as well, and he does so much for all the community stuff as well, you know. And that's why, and again, a lot of that, get, a lot of that goes gets unnoticed as well because it, yeah, we don't and publicise it and stuff but um no yeah and I, I think you're right it's his upbringing and, and where he's come from makes a massive difference because you don't get like players nowadays who stay for 10 years anymore you know it's all they're all like leave after three if you get three years out of a play you've done well haven't you really nowadays um particularly sort of the more foreign-based players right okay let's put antonio in and who's the last piece of the dolan puzzle uh craig bellamy Craig Bellamy. Oh, I say yes. This Imagine is if Antonio was playing Craig Bellamy right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what's what's there to say about Craig Bellamy? Um, apart from the fact he's played for basically everyone. Um, <laughs> I think, despite that, despite the fact he was this journeyman and he's, you know, moved around a bit, I just think, again, a committed professional, yeah. a guy who wants to be the best player he can be he wants to put you you, you see lots of players with natural talent who don't do enough behind the scenes to to look after themselves and don't take it seriously enough um whether it be you know partying all the time or smoking and drinking all the rest of it but Craig Bellamy just seems to me like a guy who just wants to be the best he can Mm. be yeah um and I don't think he wanted to leave us either like well I mean we'll never know for sure but he signed that new contract didn't he Mm. turned down the, the move signed a new contract and then they sold him anyway um but yeah just he always seemed like he worked hard for 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 the club. Yeah. And I, I just felt like he wanted to be there. Maybe I'm just yeah. you know. No, I, I agree. I think it and, and and again when I was what should have been what should have been you know it was that it was going to be Bellamy and Ashton. What could have been you oh, know that, like right Dean Ashton he he almost made it in just for because you know he's Dean Ashton but yeah. Uh, but they would have been our Cotty and Macaveni, you know. I really think so because, you know, they they would have been perfect together as a, as a two. And um, yeah, I mean, the stars were there; they just didn't align properly. You know, never. So many should have been for us and, and yeah. near misses. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, for, for him, I mean, what Man City did there is actually probably similar to what I was just talking about for us, right? Except at the next level up, they went, they got all that money in, they bought Rubinho or whatever. Um, instead of going around poaching all the big players, they made that one marquee signing and then went around to every other team and went, right, I'll have your best player, I'll have your best player, I'll have your... and then worked their way up like that. And you know, Craig yeah. Bellamy was was that best player. Like They, they yeah. took a guy who was clearly very talented and did a great job. Yeah, no, exactly. And obviously that concludes the 11, the give a shit 11. <laughs> Jim, it's been absolutely brilliant, man. Chatting to you, I've really, really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for your time. Well, um, it's been great fun, and obviously, thanks to everyone for watching as well. Um, you know what to do like, share, subscribe again. Humbled, you know, I don't know, seven, eight weeks ago, you know, when I thought, count this crazy idea, and uh, now we've got uh, 1200 subscribers and over 100 guests, it's absolutely mental. Um, and until next time, for me and Jim. Take care, everybody. There's only one way to uh, to finish. Cover your irons. Cover your eyes. Cover, Jim.
<laughs> Take care, everyone. See you later and stay uh, safe. Bye bye, bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.